0: AEW presents Revolution 2022 on Tap Out Talk. Welcome everybody, this is Tap Out Talk. We are going to go over the road to revolution and what that entailed tonight. We're always talking about journeys. We're talking about it starting with the buy in. We're talking about a buy in that was up to the phenomenal show of a dynamite or a rampage on its own. And then we got to the Revolution 2022 pay per view event. And we ended with the same boring champion Adam Hangman Page. Not that Adam, baby. No, we didn't get Adam Cole. We got Adam Hangman Page retaining his title in the main event. We're going to talk about that. I'm going to give you guys my thoughts. A lot of people that like this show overall, meh, I feel like the show, we'll talk about it, but I feel like the show really just lacks something tonight. I thoroughly enjoyed All Out. I enjoyed full gear, but the buy-in was really good. As we say here, let's go ahead and start out. Let's get in. All right, guys. So I want to talk a little bit about the buy-in and what that entailed. The buy-in actually had three main matches, and there was given plenty of time and all action, and it had me excited for the show. I love the format. Um, We're going to talk about just some of the highlights of it. I'm not going to go through play-by-play just because the reality is you guys can watch it on YouTube. It was completely free for everybody to watch to buy into the idea of spending their money on this pay-per-view. And yes, it's a pay-per-view. All right, so we first match up. We have Chris Statlander versus Layla Hirsch. Statlander, you guys are familiar. She's from the Andromeda Zone doing kind of the alien foreigner thing they've been grounding her lately and making her a little more human with a little bit of a extraterrestrial spin to it um and then you have Layla Hirsch she's that new up-and-comer heel fighter with a little bit of an MMA style to her Layla looked impressive in today's matchup she looked like a star. She looked very green. Her and Chris actually both looked green in this match. Uh, Layla was doing all the right things as a heel. She played the crowd. She played the camera. She worked the arm. And at the end of the day, Chris Statlander was Chris Statlander. Just good enough to compete. So what I had here is Layla Hirsch actually did win this match. And then that started out the show. They did some weird camera work here. Uh, They messed around with the cameras a lot tonight And this whole first match The cameras, the 4K cameras Were actually like zoomed in on the action In between the ropes Almost like you were in the ring It looked weird It looked very weird to me Um, They started like fixing that Through the next match And then the next match And then they finally started using it throughout the night So I feel like they needed this Really extra long buy in To just kind of fine tune their production a little bit and you know, get the crowd to show up. The crowd was very dead tonight. So that's the first match, let's go to the next. The next match is the flavor of the month that some call him, Hook. Um, we've only seen Hook a couple times, right? We've seen him brought along really well and he's taken on his old trainer QT Marshall. QT Marshall's kind of like the Dean Malenko of the group. He just has all these moves and he trains people behind the scenes. But he's not the man of a thousand holds. Hook. He's the real deal. The son of Taz. Hearing his father on commentating. Hook has those suplex abilities of his father. He knows how to pop those hips and get guys even twice his size over and onto the mat. What I like about Hook is he arrives... He shows, he wrestles, and he leaves. He doesn't play to the crowd. He's all business. Send in Hook. Um, originally, like, you know, I did pose a question tonight. In five years, who do you guys think is going to be around and have a better career? WWE's Austin Theory or AEW's Hook? You guys tell me. I'm kind of curious. So this matchup, short, sweet, to the point. Very hook dominant, arrived, kicked ass and he left. All business, no play. I say until another day, send in hook again. I wanna see more. Also, in the final match of the buy-in, we had House of Black versus the Death Triangle. Pretty good match, lots of breakdown. Uh, Featured the return of Eric Redbeard. You might know him as Eric Rowan from the WWE. Helping out Team Death Triangle. Along with Penta and Pac. And then you had Malachi Black. Brody King. He had a lot going on in this matchup. A lot of trios match all over the place. Right? At the end of the day. Eric Redbeard took the pin. House of Black wins. Buddy Murphy. Very good showing. Him and Penta had some of the best chain wrestling. Again, you guys can look at the buy-in on the YouTube channel. Guys, real quick, before we get into the main card, I just want to say thank you for continuing to support me. Like, share, subscribe. I appreciate each and every one of you. And let's get together on Twitter and talk. All right, AEW's Revolution. The main show started with a clash between sports entertainment and professional wrestling. That's right. In an excellent opener, Eddie Kingston tapped out Chris Jericho to get the biggest win in AEW yet. Interesting fact, this is first time ever for Eddie Kingston to actually win an AEW pay-per-view match. And it's against one of the first time ever aew champions coincidence jericho is a 51 years old but he sure wasn't you know wrestling like it tonight he looks in top shape he's been working out like a beast he hit a top rope hurricane Rada at one point and later did a vertical suplex on kingston from the apron down to the floor that couldn't have been great on his back at all but he really lit the crowd tonight after the initial flurry by Kingston, Jericho took to most of the match. And despite the fact that he's veering into a heel territory, much of the Orlando audience was still very pro Jericho, as they should be. This man is a legend. After Jericho landed a lion salt, you guys remember the lion salt? The crowd was split between chanting, Let's go, Eddie, and Jericho. Lots of Judas singing fans in the crowd tonight. There was a huge pop when Jericho locked in the walls of Jericho and even grabbed a bigger pop when Eddie managed to grab the ropes. Electric crowd at this moment. Jericho busied himself arguing with the referee, which gave Kingston a chance to recover. Kingston came back with two suplexes and then blitzed Jericho with a spinning back fist for a two count. Following that, Kingston attempted a Northern Lights suplex, but Jericho countered. And managed to catch Kingston with a code breaker for another one, two, and a kick out. That got huge Eddie Chance at this moment. After landing a second code breaker, Jericho went to the Judas effect. Kingston ducked and, and, Jer- and hit Jericho with a two spinning back fist of his own. He then got a stretch plum submission hold and cranked it on. Essentially, it was a neck wrench which made Jericho tap out. And the announcers were quick to announce and mention about Jericho's neck issues. After the match, we get Eddie extending his hand with Jericho since he promised that he would shake his hand if Kingston could beat him. Jericho thought about it, thought about it, and eventually just refused. And then he basically means this feud is most likely to continue. Uh, You know, I think it was a great opener between these two. These guys played into each other really well. I will be the first to admit I'm not a big Eddie Kingston guy. A lot of you are. A lot of you like Eddie, and there's nothing wrong with that. He's very Savio Vega to me. But the reality is you're not always going to like and be connected to every single wrestler that you ever want to watch. So for me, Eddie Kingston has good matches, but there's just not much that draws me to his character. But you know what? I am a Jericho guy. I'm a Jericho-holic. I'll admit it. So, Jericho loses in this one. Kingston gets the match. Um, Overall, a good opener. Got the crowd a little bit into it. They showed up late tonight. Let's get into the next matchup, which is a spectacular AEW World Tag Team Championship. You got Jurassic Express, The Young Bucks, and Red Dragon. Have you not heard of Red Dragon? They're Adam Cole's boys. You know Adam Cole, baby. Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, you remember him from NXT days. Great tag team. In a spectacular match, Jurassic Express retained their AEW Tag Team Championships by defeating the Young Bucks and Red Dragon. Like every Young Bucks pay-per-view match, it was a dizzy array of wild offense that made practically no sense, but it, it was so fun to watch. The initial story surrounded the working agreement of the Heel Bucks and the Red Dragons and the agreement that they had prior to the match. The two teams agreed that they'd take out Jurassic Express and then duke it out among them to take the titles. Of course, that plan disintegrated early as the Bucks and later Kyle O'Reilly attempted to pin Jungle Boy for the win that led for a breakdown in relations, turning the match into more of a tag team tornado affair instead of a straight up match. From there, it was essentially just a series of spots. The referee had no idea who was legal. Heck, anybody and me and my friends in the theater had no idea who was legal. I asked them multiple times, like, you guys know, none of us can figure it out because we got so crazy and the spots were so big that we just completely lost track of it all. Among the crazier spots were a set of shooting star press moves. O'Reilly had Luchasaurus locked in a standing guillotine which Jungle Boy broke up and he was hitting a shooting star on O'Reilly. Jungle Boy then tried to pin O'Reilly, but you know what? Nick Jackson was there to break that up. With a shooting star press, O'Reilly and Fish nearly won by crook with O'Reilly clocking Jungle Boy with one of the tag team championship belts. Jungle Boy kicked out, though. When Red Dragon dropped Jungle Boy with their high-low tandem finish, Kind of reminds you of the Eliminators from the ECW days. Luchasaurus then broke that up. The Bucks hit a flurry of incredible moves on everyone, culminating with a BTE trigger on Jungle Boy and O'Reilly. Broke up the substantial pinfall. Jungle Boy then mounted a comeback after Luchasaurus took out Red Dragon and Matt Jackson on the outside. Jurassic Express hit a sick combination powerbomb for the win. All right, so what do we think here? Very good tag team match. Very good title defense by Jurassic Express. It sets up a tag team feud between the Young Bucks and Red Dragon. Nice little tag match there without the titles coming up. But other than that, this was just a progression of big moves with limited storytelling. That said, it was a lot of fun, but not as silly as some of the other matches that we've seen before. After that, it's time for the big man ladder match. That's right, the casino ladder match with the winner getting a TNT championship shot. Who do you guys think was going to win this one? To me, there was only one answer, and that answer was Wardlow. He's on a Batista-like road to turn on Triple H. Wardlow playing Batista, Triple H being MJF. We'll talk more about that later. Wardlow won a title shot at the TNT Championship by defeating Keith Lee, Powerhouse Hobbs, Ricky Starks, Orange Cassidy, and Christian in the face of a Revolution ladder match. Though Keith Lee is AEW's new big signee, we all like Keith Lee. I compare him to this modern day era of Bam Bam Bigelow. That's Keith Lee, big man that can do moonsaults. This match is designed to make the star out of Wardlow. He's been there. It's a loyal thing to do. It's not just that he won the match, but he also took out Lee and Powerhouse Hobbs by the same announcer table and got various other spots to shine before grabbing that brass ring, so to speak. You know the brass ring. Wardlow hit a gnarly powerbomb on Ricky Starks onto a ladder. Not to say that the other men did get a chance to shine, too. Lee looked like a monster as he catapulted and he threw Orange Cassidy over the top rope onto the outside. Ricky Starks hit a sweet spear on Christian in the middle of the ladder. Orange Cassidy got a great moment there where he's hanging off the ladder, one of my favorite spots, and he lifts himself up. Lifted up by Hobbs and Lee, and he pulls himself to the top, almost grabbing the ring himself. It was genius. Still, Wardlow was definitely the star here, and after a brief appearance by Danhausen, you know, Danhausen and his curses, Starks was on the ladder, nearly touching the ring, and Wardlow leapt atop the ladder, which was wedged onto the ropes and in between the standing ladder, where he planted Starks with a power bomb and won the contest. Alright, so this matchup It was a good, good idea to take out a couple of the big men with Powerhouse Hobbs and Keith Lee. It was nice to have Wardlow take them out at the stage, knocking them off the stage and then through a table. The only part that really made no sense to me was Christian. While all that was happening was back in the ring. And he was had a ladder set up. He was clearly by himself. The camera shows him. He could have climbed the ladder and won the whole thing. But what happened? He sets up a ladder in between the ropes and the ladder that's already set up the next spot and to me that was a little lazy and shame on you guys for showing that on camera and Christian have some logic man go up the ladder and win this thing but maybe Christian doesn't want to win anymore he looked more like he was part of the janitor crew cleaning up the ring while the other guys are fighting for the brass one it lost some of its luster by being a spot fest that followed, you know, a mega spot fest, and it was a tag, you know, that was a major tag title match. So it went right after the tag title match, but it was still okay, and it let Wardlow shine. The addition of Orange Cassidy was nice; it added some very much lovable comic relief with a little action. Danhausen, kind of a pointless entry, but you know the fans pop for him. You guys like Danhausen. Keith Lee got his first match in, um, but this was all about Wardlow. So Warlow is your winner, and he will take on Sammy Guevara for that championship of the TNT. Up next, we got our TBS championship, Jade Cargill versus Tay Conti. Tay Conti comes out, and I'm not going to lie. I thought she got misted by, Alex, by uh, Malachi Black. That's all I could think about with the way you know it just looks like it. She came out with the, some members of the Dark Order, especially the little kid, negative one. That's what the Dark Order has become now. The Dark Order is the Dark order. I'm just going to call it that. I like the Dark Order. It's got so much potential. We got to get this thing back on track. Speaking of getting back on track, let's talk about Jade Cargill. Jade Cargill is still the TBS champion. Defeating Tay Conti with the chall- being the challenger. The match opened with Cargill planting a big kiss on Conti. Some weird tactics there. JR doesn't really quite know how to recall that one. After some nice grappling, Conti attempted an arm bar, but Cargill rolled out. Cargill barraged Conti with kicks and mocked her karate shit, which led to Conti come back with judo throws and some great pump kicks. It's like both women performing well, They were in a tough spot to follow the three previous matches, which were pretty high energy, uh, which the crowd was super into and which involved some insane action. There was a nice near fall that involved the interference of Anna Jay. Conti took out Cargill's manager, Smart Mark Sterling. He looks like um, the men's warehouse version of the Million Dollar Man, which led Cargill to get payback, hitting Jay with a pump kick. Back on the inside, the ref not looking. Jade clocked Cargill with a steel chair. Conti then rolled her up for a nice two count. Conti tried to top rope offense, but Conti bumped her and planted her with the challenger for a three count. Short and sweet, nothing wrong with it. They could have shaved about three more minutes off of this match tonight. Jade Cargill is gonna be a star, but you gotta bring her along the right way. She's not ready to challenge Britt Baker or anybody else for that main title yet. She's got a great look. She's decent in the ring. Don't know about her mic skills yet. She's okay. Um, I like the outfit she came out tonight. Guess what? Jade came out as Jade tonight. She had that inspired Jade from Mortal Kombat outfit. That was kind of cool. The reality is Jade Cargill. I like her finishing move. I said tonight I would give her a running powerbomb as a finishing move. I think she could pull it off safely. Your winner and still TBS champion, Jade Cargill. Now business is about to pick up. This is the dog collar match with CM Punk and Maxwell Jacob Friedman. This has been going on for a long time. These two have fought twice. And MJF has won both of those matches and has always gotten the better half of our beloved Chicago City Saints CM Punk. So now we get a dog collar match to pay the final payoff for this one. This match we get MJF mocks us all. He plays cold personality, but comes out smirking. He got us the last time. He does it every time and he gets me every time. He did it with Jericho last time at Full Gear. So what we got now is CM Punk coming out. But it's interesting. There's no call to personality. Punk actually enters in a different song. So let's talk about this match. This match was bloody mess. It was a beautiful mess, too. CM Punk defeated MJF in a graphic dog collar match, pinning him after Wardlow passed CM Punk the Dynamite Diamond Ring. That's right. Wardlow betrayed MJF tonight. Get ready for that feud. It's going to be a good one. It featured lots of blood tonight, though. Creative wrestling, thumbtacks and a crowd that loved every moment. The match felt special before it even began as Punk's cult of personality, as I mentioned, began playing only with the music to switch to MJF's theme. Well played. Maxwell came out to huge boos. Punk then entered, not to cult to personality, but to his old Ring of Honor song, Miseria Cantare. Punk also came out dressed in his old Ring of Honor fight shorts. Interesting. I felt very bad for punk in this moment. Nobody knew that song. They actually had to pan in to one guy who knew the song and was singing the lyrics. It's kind of cool that they now own all those punk matches from Ring of Honor. The problem is, is this modern crowd. That's like over 20 years ago, right? Or something. The modern crowd did not know the song and everybody just kind of looked confused. The crowd was dead during CM Punk's entrance it came across as boring I loved it I thought it was cool you know what if you want the history of the CM Punk check out my video I'll post it here and link it for you but it definitely gives you an evolution and you'll hear that song there but ultimately I felt bad for Punk as an artist with that because I felt like he was trying to do something great with a throwback but it's all right because he did get the win and he got his payback So, Punk was the first to get busted open after MJF having a thick dog collar chained wrapped around his hand. And he laid Punk with a series of punches. With Punk bloodied up, MJF grabbed the mic and told Punk to quit. Just like he quit seven years ago. Punk told MJF, he said, eat shit, Maxwell. Which led to eat shit, whoop whoop chance incredible after some more heat on punk the former WWE champion started getting in some of his own offense punk wrapped the chain around mjf's hand crushing the hand with a bunch of knee strikes that played into the match later when mjf tried a pile driver but it wouldn't grip onto punk without hurting his hand allowing punk to go to the counter out Punk attempted to go to sleep. He attempted to do the go to sleep, but MJF countered with a Fujiwara armbar, which Punk transitioned into an Anaconda vice. MJF managed to get out by pulling on Punk's hair. Punk was very creative with his chain spots, and in a great move, he wrapped up the dog collar chain around his knee and cracked MJF open with a shining wizard. As Punk was punishing MJF on the outside, the crowd chanted, You deserve it, towards MJF. Punk's fortunes reversed on the outside. MJF was slumped into the ring steps, and Punk went for another knee strike with a chain wrapped around his leg. MJF moved, meaning Punk's knee crunched into the steps. When Punk attempted to go to sleep in the ring, his knee gave out, allowing MJF to get the upper hand. He wouldn't keep the upper hand for long, though. MJF tried a tombstone on the apron, but Punk countered into a tombstone of his own. It was insane. It was also around this time that MJF brought out some thumbtacks, as if the match wasn't bloody enough. Both guys were bleeding everywhere. To the point that there was a great spot where Punk tried to suplex MJF into the tacks, but his knee failed. MJF then tried to suplex Him onto the tax, but his hand failed him. Excellent storytelling here, guys. Ultimately, it would be Punk who would eat the thumbtacks after MJF superplexed them into them from the top rope. The superplex got it to a two count, and an overwhelmed MJF called out for Wardlow, begging him for help, asking for Wardlow to hand him the best man ring. MJF used to beat Punk on Dynamite. Wardlow pretended he couldn't find it, which allowed Punk to pull on to MGF and to go to sleep, after which he fell onto the tax. As MJF yelled at Wardlow, you had one job. Wardlow then smiled at Punk, and he left the jewel-encrusted ring on the apron, which allowed Punk to put it on, and he clobbered MJF with the dynamite ring multiple times and impend him for a three count. I'll tell you guys, if you're squeamish about blood, this will be way, way too much for you. If you're not, it's an outstanding pro wrestling grudge match. This is how feuds are paid off. Great match between these two. Great final payoff with Punk getting the win. And ultimately, Wardlow is beginning his journey to being a star. The element of Wardlow did take away from the match a little bit, but um, that will grow. And that actually, as Tony Khan promised tonight, is where other stories will get to. Let's go to our next match that followed. The women had to follow that match, that dog collar match. Britt Baker, Dr. Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa. Almost one year ago to date, these guys have had a feud that put them on the map. Remember Britt Baker's bloody face? Yeah, it's a part of her entrance. That kind of an elegant look. Britt Baker's 281-day streak as women's champion continues after Baker pinned Thunder Rosa at Revolution tonight. After a bunch of interference, Baker managed to land a curb stomp on Rosa for the pin. In March 2021, Britt Baker and member Thunder Rosa had the most memorable women's match in company history, an unsanctioned bout that was hailed as one of the best of the year, the Lights Out match. At Revolution, they had the misfortune of following a similarly bloody match in Punk vs. MJF. The crowd would occasionally break out in dueling Thunder Rosa DMD chants back and forth, but in the large part of the crowd was tired and they were really exhausted after the previous bout. The women started slow and allowed the crowd to recharge. They had to lower their pace a lot, which ultimately did work as a few minutes were significantly heated, but the downside is that much of the bout was just there. It was a little sloppy. Spots were really driven by Rosa. And in the closing moments, Rosa hit a powerbomb pile driver on Baker after a botched attempt on one. But Rebel distracted the ref, and Rosa took out Rebel while the ref was tending to Rebel on the apron. Lots of distractions in this one. Baker brought the championship belt in, curb stomped Rosa, and that got a two count. And then the crowd popped when Rosa kicked out. Baker went for the lockjaw, but Rosa countered with a lockjaw of her own. And Rosa then transitioned into the straight jacket choke and Baker tapped out. But Rebel was once again distracted by the ref and Rosa speared Rebel to the outside and took out Jamie Hayter. As she slid in the ring, Baker got another curb stop. Boom! One, two, three. And for the win, Dr. Britt Baker retains the Women's World Championship. By the way, Britt Baker sported a brand new women's championship tonight I love it I didn't like AEW's women's title but this title that she wore tonight was phenomenal and is worthy of a title that the women should be able to carry to be a champion it's the female version of the men's title beautiful thing and I'm so glad that they finally gave it a quick upgrade Up next, the action kept coming. We got John Moxley versus Brian Danielson, the American Dragon. <clears throat> a lot of matchups. A lot of matchups tonight. After a hard-hitting and bloody match, John Moxley managed to sneak a win on Brian Danielson with a lucky roll-up. Very quick. Almost a brut. Danielson had Moxley tied up on a triangle choke, blistering him with punches. Moxley rolled backwards so that the triangle choke was still on, but Danielson's shoulders were on the floor. With Danielson unaware that he was being pinned even, he didn't even try to kick out. The referee counted to three and Moxley got the win. After the match, Danielson argued with the referee in heel-like fashion and then started brawling with Moxley back and forth, back and forth. Security was called in. The ref couldn't control the fight. It went to the ground. Security was called in and they failed to break them apart. It was just a brawl. Which led to a surprise debut from none other than William Regal. Emerging from the back. Wow. William Regal. He walks in the ring. Full suit. And he separates them as the announcer explained that Regal was a mentor to both of these guys. Regal, as they looked like they were still about to fight, grabbed John Moxley, slapped him, calmed him down. And then he walked over to Brian. Brian Danielson got a slap from Regal as well. Regal barked orders at both. And Danielson and Moxley shook each other's hands. And Jim Ross wondered if we're seeing a tag team be informed. They bled together. They've got the same mentor. I'm wanting to see what this tag team name is going to be. There's your next champions. This was an intense affair. And like the dog collar match, it was not for the squeamish. Danielson and Moxley beat the crap out of each other. The match began with some mat wrestling quickly escalated into an exchange from strikes. These two were at each other. It was intense and it was awesome. Then came the blood. The fight between the two on the outside where headbutts and elbows were thrown. Moxley came to the ring. He was bleeding profusely. Danielson got advantage towards the end. The busaku knee on a crimson red Moxley. That only got a two count though, which led Danielson to try to stomp his way to victory. After repeated stomps Moxley's head, Danielson rolled into the triangle choke, which would ultimately, as I mentioned in the beginning, be his undoing. Some of the impact of this violent encounter was lost due to the even more brutal match between MJF and Punk, but this was still a good match tonight. And it's going to lead to future stories. I'm excited for the tag team division. Next, how do you follow those matches? Well, we got two left. We got the title match, but we can't do that now. So we got a Tornado's Trio tag match. That's the one we're going to go with. All right. So this match, Matt Hardy, Isaiah Cassidy, a private party. Andrade versus Sting, Darby Allen, and Sammy Guevara. It was, was pure chaos. This match was all over the arena, all over the ring, all over the crowd. In all honesty, I found it be hard to register all the madness. So much was happening. After seeing all many wild things on the show already. Highlights in this. Darby Allen hitting his incredible suicide dive. On all of Matt Hardy's group. AHFO. When. Jose's torso was stuffed into a trash can. Sama Guevara did a flying Spanish fly to Isaiah Cassidy off the stage onto two tables. Sting. Let's talk about the Stinger. Sting at 62 years old jumped off the bleachers onto Andrade, crashing through four tables. It was chaos. Sting at 62 years old is jumping off into four tables off a balcony. Hawk Hogan in his 60s is dressing up like a pirate for WrestleMania. Think about that. The finish came when Matt, Hardy, and Darby found themselves in the ring together. Hardy bashed Allen over the back with a chair and then set him up to slam um, Allen onto. Allen wiggled out in Hardy's grip and then he planted Hardy with a scorpion death drop honoring his mentor onto the chair. He then landed the coffin drop to get the pinfall. One, two, three. There were so many stunts in this match. Because the show, you know, it didn't really need it, but there was so much going on. It was a little chaos. Um, these men put their bodies on the line, especially Sting. They put together a crazy match. The problem is that we've seen so much tonight. So, this was your, believe it or not, your cooldown match. Now, this was a distraction match. We had to get a high-intense stra- distraction out of the way before we get to the main dance. Let's ride in. The AEW World Championship. Adam Hangman Page, your champion. Versus Adam Cole, baby. I want you guys to keep this in mind. Beginning of the night, Tony Schiavone has a special guest on the buy-in. Kenny Omega's music hits. I'm excited. I'm like, Kenny Omega's back. Nope, it's Don Callis. And he even says that he was going... To bring Kenny Omega there. But he said the card sucks. And it doesn't deserve Kenny Omega. Kallus is a great heel. We get. He even mentioned that Adam Cole is going to be a great. Transitional champion for when Kenny Omega wins the title. Planting the seeds for a future feud there. So. Here's where we fast forward to the main event. Something special has got to happen right? Something been an okay night so far some good action but this is the championship match man hangman adam page is king of the Adams. he defeated adam cole in the main event of revolution pinning cole after a second buckshot lariat the crowd had fun in the opening minutes chanting things like let's go adam and then adam sucks and other things and playing on the fact that there's two adams they would say this is Adam instead of this is awesome. That was my you know one I enjoyed. I laughed. I said it's probably the best one of the night. Some good action. The first impressive spot was Paige lifting Cole up in a fireman's like carry. And Cole somehow countering it into a backstabber. Midair. It's pretty sweet. Later on the outside, Paige was power bombed. Cole into the ring apron. And then followed up with a huge moonsault. Most spectacular of all was Paige attempted a moonsault onto the ring. Cole countered with a terrific in-air super kick. Boom! Right to the face. As if often the case with the Cole's matches, though, there was really no storytelling here. And a series of explosive and exciting moves until the very end when Paige hit his big move for a second time to win. It wasn't a one-on-one affair. Eventually, Red Dragon ran interference. Thought it was good for Adam Cole. Paige was preparing to hit the buckshot lariat, but was distracted by O'Reilly and Fish. Cole hit a super kick to Paige, and then the Pan- Panama Sunrise on the outside, creating a nasty thud. And I tell you what, Adam Cole got his nuts racked on that one. He went for a two-count in the ring. Cole went for another Panama Sunrise, but... Page countered it into the Deadeye attempt. Cole escaped, and Red Dragon was distracting the referee constantly. They hit Page with a low blow, and then a combo, and then a Panama Sunrise, and boom, knee strikes. But it only gets a two count. Page attempted another buckshot lariat, but Cole encountered with a flurry of super kicks. One, two, three super kicks. On the outside, Riley and Fish set up a table, and on the apron, Cole set up for a slam, but Page countered and crashed through the table with the Deadeye. The Dark Order. The Dark Order ran down to fend off Red Dragon, but that was it. The Dark Order's the Dark Order. They could be so much better. I want them to turn on Adam Hangman Page. This guy snubs them all the time, but they continue to help him. The Dark Order needs to get back to business. It's never been the same since Broder Lee passed away. Cole was able to get his hands on a rope to avert the defeat. And so after the Dark Orders ran off, we get a reverse of what Cole did to Paige on Dynamite. Paige tied Cole to the ropes using the cowboy belt and then barraged him with super kicks. After that came loose. He was slumped in the middle ring, and Paige hit Cole's own. Boom knee on Cole. Then finished him off with another buckshot lariat for the one, two, and three. Afterwards, Cole was lying unconscious. Page knelt down. He shook Cole's hand. And that was the end of the show. The fans were booing Adam Page. Let's put it this way. There was good athleticism in the match. Never bad with Adam Cole. Hangman Page can... He can wrestle... I just don't know if he's the guy as champion. Let's talk about that in a minute. The action made it better. It was more of a highlight reel. It was a little ridiculous, too. The interference with O'Reilly and Fish was fine, but the Dark Order chasing them off. Nobody's scared of them. I'm not going to be scared of the Dark Order. Some eight year old kid. Devastating moves. Great. I mean, everything was sold well. At the end of the day it just felt lackluster and the crowd is not behind Adam Page they're just not he's kind of a boring champion who is his real rival every Batman needs a Joker it went off the air let's go off to our final thoughts guys so interesting pay-per-view tonight the buy-in was amazing it felt like a rampage AEW rampage show three solid matches got me excited the show itself I felt was missing highlights are the MJF and CM Punk match it was phenomenal dog collar match Danielson Ambrose was decent too William Regal was a shocking debut. Um, My big concern, though... Oh, real quick. I love the women's new title. Looks great on Britt Baker. My big thing is Adam Hangman Page. Where does he go next? Adam Cole's going to have a feud with Kenny Omega when he returns. You're probably going to get... Adam Cole's group of O'Reilly and Fish versus the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and probably a stadium stampede type match. Adam Hangman Page is a boring champion. And, and he was coming out wearing some like My Little Pony tassels tonight. That's right. He had like these bright, rainbowy color tassels and it's just hard to take him serious. He, I think he wrote in My Little Pony. Meanwhile, you got Adam Cole dressing like Master Chief from Halo. So Adam Hangman Page is a he's a good wrestler, but he needs an edge. And my fear is he's not the guy right now to carry the company. We went from Chris Jericho to John Moxley. To Kenny Omega. Adam Page Kenny Omega is probably the greatest champion in AEW history by far then Chris Jericho you can debate the rest so guys I am concerned that um, what they're going to do with Adam Hangman Page he can wrestle if he has the right partner but the problem is is he is not Shawn Michaels he's not the kind of guy that can just have a great match with anybody he's got to have the right story of partner to Make it interesting. Kenny Omega is probably his greatest rivalry, but again, Kenny Omega can have good matches. I need my world champion to make me stop changing the channel. If I'm a random fan, and I'm flipping through the channels on Dynamite Night, I'm going to stop for a Kenny Omega. I'm going to stop for a Chris Jericho. I know who that is. I don't know this guy. And when I stop to see what it is, he comes across as born, and I changed the channel. AEW can't have that. Guys, a lot of you are going to like the show. Some of you may feel like I do and feel like it was okay. I feel like Full Gear and All Out in the last year have been way better. Um, the Road to Revolution, it was fun. They gave us a lot, and they put a lot into it. But the reality at the end of the day... I needed something a little bit more out of my champions. That's my challenge. Have a good night, guys. Alright, guys. As always, thank you. Like, share, subscribe. Thanks for watching me and part of me. It's not goodbye. It's game over.